0: How's it going, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Living Legends Podcast, a weekly Flesh and Blood podcast where we talk about all aspects of the Flesh and Blood trading card game, from news to maybe some meta stuff to maybe lore (laughs) and everything in between. My name is Kel, also known as Red Zone Rogue, and I am joined, as always, by the, or with the, by the, the boys, (laughs) as, and Bill, if you'd like to introduce yourselves, gentlemen.
1: Yeah, Yeah. who's going first? First.
0: We
2: always um, do this, don't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll go. I'll go first this time. Uh, cool. First of all, I'd like to say, Kel, that was a very strong intro. And now, yeah. I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to top that. But, uh, <laughs> most of the time, we just sort of uh, flounder around a bit like what I'm doing Dude. now. I'm just trying to inject that back in so it doesn't feel too we
0: got we to maintain some sense of normalcy, right?
2: <laughs> yeah uh, anyway my name is Bill uh, I am from the Spike feeders uh, and I am very excited we we talked a little bit about what we have on uh, on the brew for today and yep. uh, it's gonna be a really great time um, yeah uh, and joined uh, the two of us are joined by <laughs> uh, a third person sorry I am I lost steam immediately
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was hard to follow up, right? But yeah, I'm the third, uh, the third pry of the Living Legends podcast. My name's As from Go Again Gaming, um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to speak about some of the speculations that we have on the docket for today, as a result of some previous news. Um, so yeah, that's all, uh, it's all to come.
0: Yeah, today's going to be a really fun and exciting uh, episode because it's basically just a lot of speculation and some news that was recently dropped by uh, James White. On the French uh, Flesh and Blood YouTube channel, Loia de Fidia. I, I have a Fidia. Well, but yeah, but in French. Pro- yeah. Loia de Fidia. Something like that. Mm. I used to know how to speak French. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's just kick it off. And we're, we're just yeah, going to yeah. kick it off with. Oh, no, no. no actually, before we do that, let, let's talk about. Let's rewind a little <laughs> bit. Let's talk about our week in Flesh and Blood. Um, for me let's see it's mostly just been more uprising just lots and lots of uprising i finished opening all of my uprising cases if you'd like to know i opened up five total um and i pulled almost everything i needed and then i sold and traded for the the two remainder cards that i needed which was uh flame skill furnace and a blood of uh blood of the dark um
1: so no, I was going to say, yeah. You see, I've seen so, a few Twitter posts. Did you manage to sort of trade out of the, the duplicates that you had? Then did you? Or
0: yeah, I uh, it's pretty good. So you know, I spent a couple thousand dollars on uh, the set. You know, you know, five cases worth, and yeah. um, I ended up making back about five hundred to six hundred dollars. And then also on top of that, traded for mm-hmm. a Marvel Tomultai, which is one that I was missing, and then nice. um, traded for the Flame skill Furnace. I traded like a Rainbow foil, ghostly touch, plus a uh, command and conquer because I have a bunch of extra command and conquer's, um, okay. and then I just straight up bought a uh, um, a heart for it was like 120 bucks from from Jim from Fab TCG cards. So I thought that was a pretty a good deal. I'm mean, not a heart. I'm sorry. A blood. A blood. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say. <laughs> it the?
0: Nice. Was it a rainbow foil or cold foil? It's just it's just a rainbow foil. You know, I, I intend cold. to shuffle that up and play with it quite a bit in yeah. my draw my yeah. deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so what about you guys?
1: Nice. Uh, Should I go? Yeah, go for it, man. Cool. Um, Yeah, so today, as of today, um, I did my first episode with Jim from Fab TCG Cards for the Azalea Cult video series. The
0: the aforementioned Jim, the same Jim I bought my blood from.
1: That's it, yeah, exactly, yeah, the the aforementioned Jim from Fab T G Cards, lovely guy, Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, we kicked off the Azalea Cult, which will probably be coming out this week at some stage, so yeah, we, week in Fab is nice little time to plug any content of ours, I guess, so that's what I'm going to yeah. do today. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and um, we'll get you on at some point as well, because you spoiled most of the bows for Azalea, if not yeah. all of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh... I didn't spoil Death Dealer because in that set, instead of Death Dealer, I spoiled um, her specialization, knock the death whistle. Um, uh, okay. But yeah. but what, what came along with that is I actually got to see Azalea, her bow and searing shot, in addition to the uh, knock the death whistle, because they're like, hey, you need to see these cards to understand what this card's yeah. even doing. Uh, yeah. So I got to see all that stuff like, you know, before anyone else, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, God, It seems so so long ago. I wasn't even into the game back then in Arcane Rising. Cool. Me either. <laughs> it was,
0: <No. laughs> and uh, maybe maybe we can save this for a future episode, or maybe even the Azalea uh, you know, series that you guys are doing. But it uh, yeah. was actually my first spoiler video ever with any card mm. game, and I was like super honored. I still am every single time they asked me to do it. I, I yeah, would never that. take it for granted, but uh, it was it was very special to me. So, nice. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, everyone's got that 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 to look forward to wherever you might be listening now in the future. The Azalea Cult is now active as of uh, probably by the release of this podcast. It might be out. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but yeah, look forward to that. Um, so uh, so yeah, that's 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 pretty much all I want to mention this week because that's uh, that's that's the forefront of my mind at least.
2: Oh yeah, cool. Um, for me, this week was just a lot of finalizing my collection Um, it's not quite final yet but I I made some pretty big strides Um, right now the only two big cards that I'm missing uh, like I have copies of them but uh, there's a a higher rarity version that I need Uh, I have every legendary Uh, all of them are cold foil except for crown of providence I have a blood of the decry uh, rainbow foil I need that to be cold foil (laughs) <laughs> and I'm missing the Phoenix Flame, the Angry Ashwing, and then I think the two Marvel, uh, or two of the three Marvel Legendaries.
1: The so bad uh, is it?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm getting very, very close. Um, all of the dragons, I have them on their reverse side, like the, uh, not the Invocation side, but their actual... Um, their dragon
0: side and the entire page
2: just looks phenomenal there's no borders anywhere
0: yeah um i should mention i i uh it'll be out i think the video will be out before this or maybe shortly after this so maybe this will be a spoiler but i ended up Mm. pulling um that awesome alt art ashwing and uh i was very excited for that um i was gonna ask you bill so do you try to like set collect or do you it sounds like you're set collecting but i was just curious if you set collect or if you just play set collect uh i set collect um that's what i've
2: been trying to do at least since uh tales of aria which was my first set um but what i'm doing for this it, it sort of depends on the set how i want to collect it Um, like for Tales of Aria and for uh, Everfest, I collected at least one of everything, but then for Everfest, I was able to collect like three of the extended art and the like rare, like the item cold foils because they were just super plentiful and people like throwing them in for trades and stuff. So Mm. um, I did most of that. I'm missing a little bit, um, but I'm pretty close for most of those. Uh, And then for this one, uh, for uprising, I'm going for one of everything except for uh, things that are related to the Phoenix Flame engine. So I'm going to be getting three of the Marvel Phoenix Flames to actually play with. Nice. Uh, and then three of each of the extended arts um, of what is it? Phoenix form. Uh, I have the uh, In Flame. Uh, what is it? Rouse the Rouse the Flames or something. There's
0: like uh, there's like a handful of them.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I need those. I already have the inflames, but I don't have like anything else. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> gotcha.
2: the, uh, that one's still a little bit out there, but uh, yeah, and I think I might be missing two of the cold foil common equipments.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think the
2: wizard cloak and stuff. But yeah, so the idea is to get at least one of everything that is like collectible and then get play sets of whatever it is that I actually like super care about.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. I... Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm like half and half. So I, I try to get a my, my number one goal is to get a playset of everything just so I can make decks. So I can make any deck that I want. Or you know yeah. if I have to ever have to play test a deck, I can just build it no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But secondary to that, and this is true for all the sets leading up to here, is uh, I want, you know, obviously I want all one of all the cards. But for the legendaries, I want them to be. Previously, I wanted them to be first edition. Um, and now since so there's no more first edition, I just want them all to be le- uh, cold foil. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for Uprising, um, I traded for a Rainbow Foil Furnace, um, and I opened up a Rainbow Foil Crown of Providence. I would like to get those both converted to Cold Foil at some time so I can have a set. Those are the only two that I don't have that aren't in Cold Foil. And then um, the Fabled, of course. And I I would like to get that at some point as well. Um, But for the time Mm -hmm. being, I just needed to get some stuff real quick. I didn't want to spend too much money because I already dropped $2,000 on the set. So I was like, (laughs) hey, let's just... You know, earn some money back, get like five, six hundred dollars back selling cards, and then get get the last you know couple things that I need, so I can immediately jam uh, a UPF, um, which is the goal for those two cards, the Flame Scale and the uh, Blood, You're going into my yeah, UPF absolutely. deck. Yeah, nice.
1: yeah, yeah. That's, just, uh, that's uh, I, I, the at the moment. Yeah, I, 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 at the moment, I'm just um, any any products that I get is just turning into basically commoner and rare decks yeah. just like pure pure budget decks that then can you can experiment with and if you like the sort of shell of the hero that you're trying out you can pretty much do that with a, one or two boxes you can put like a commons and rares deck together and if you oh, yeah. like the, the the sort of synergies in the hero as they play with the commons and rares you can then start adding the majestics or legendaries that you need to make it more consistent um and i also want to take those decks to the um to the uh the tuesday night stuff that i do now at my local game store which actually kicked off last week um i should have mentioned that in my this week's in fab uh i i did that and it was um a little success a couple of players turned up just a start um and uh yeah so that, that's why that's why i like doing boxes just getting all the all the bulk is what i like most of the time yeah that- if i pull something good like a blood of the drakai on stream then that's fantastic <laughs> as well you know well, yeah, didn't you
2: get you got Blood of the Drakai and uh Crown of Providence, right? Like that was yeah, the man. same uh, the nice. same either the same three boxes
0: or the same box. I don't know. That don't was the same
1: box in fact. Yeah, it was a yeah. god <laughs> box, that one.
0: <laughs> I, I think out of Crazy. you you guys and then Jim and Steven. I think I'm the only one who hasn't opened a, a Blood of Drakai. I didn't <laughs> I did not open one in the um in like twenty whatever boxes that I opened. Uh, oh wow! Eight. But I, I someone um, sent me a spreadsheet. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Actually, it's on uh, it's on my Discord.
1: Um, yeah, a spreadsheet on pool rates or something.
0: Yeah. So uh, shout out to he just goes by Jag Twenty Two, but he's like, hey, I just thought this might be interesting data. He opened up forty cases, one hundred sixty boxes. Um, and then it was a spreadsheet of his pull rates. And he found... In, in that number, he opened up two Cold Foil Fables and seven Rainbow fo- or, Yeah, two Cold Foil and seven Rainbow Foil. So the Cold Foil Fable was about one in 80 boxes. And the Rainbow Foil was about one in 23. So uh, I just needed to cool. open up three more boxes and I could have got there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's the yeah, average. Then it's, uh, then it's, it's that's guaranteed, how, right? Yeah, that's how it works, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, it, it seems about right based on what people were saying. So the Cold cool. Foil is like twice as more rare as it used to be but the rainbow foil seems to be almost twice as like like doubly likely than the previous one so i actually really like that um from a player's perspective and a collector perspective it means the cold foils are harder to get but it also means you can get the rainbow foils easier so players can play with them
1: which is great yeah so the the collect the collectible side of it like the big hit side of it is harder but when you get it it's like even better sort of thing um yeah yeah um, or what you can do is you can buy three boxes leave them on your desk for a week and just manifest <laughs> <laughs> manifest that a blood of Drakai is going to pop out and that's what happens yeah, yeah. works well enough for you <laughs> i yeah.
0: want to i want to say uh, a couple other stats from this you know no, by no yeah. means is this like definitive it's, it's only 40 cases 40 cases is a lot but you know you'd, you'd want a vastly bigger sample size to say things definitively but i think it's just interesting um for him, the ma- Majestic Marvel pull rate was one in seven boxes. So that's, uh, yeah. you know, the Three Dragons of Legend. So it's pretty pretty hard to get, right? That's like um, almost one in two cases. And then uh, the Cold Foil Legendary is one in nine boxes. So that's over one in two cases. Um, yeah. While the Rainbow Foil Legendary is one in three boxes, which does seem about right, which is a, hmm. is a good pull rate. I, I kind of wanted the legend rainbow Four legendaries to be a little bit more common like one and three one and two so people could have access to them and or buy them
1: um, yeah for
0: a lot cheaper than what they are so uh, um, yeah I I thought that was very interesting Um, and, yeah, it's a really,
1: it's a nice, nice collectible set, isn't it? It's the first time we've seen this, and I think it's it's worked really, really well. You've still got all of the the standard cards. If you if you're a player and you don't really care about the aesthetic, you can still get your hands on the Majestics and Invokes and all that sort of thing for, you know, a, a fairly decent price. And I think it's you know it's it's hitting a lot of a lot of areas all at once. The fact that they've changed this model now, which I think is 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 great, really. Yeah, I love it. I think it's I think
0: it's awesome. Hmm. Um. You know, also I think is awesome. This is this is what you call a segue. Oh yeah, that's
1: good. Yeah.
0: Speculation. So we are going to speculate on a bunch of stuff, and um, we we have two slash three things in particular, and we're going to kind of com- compartmentalize them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little tidbit of what we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna talk about the Emperor of Volcor. We're go- we're gonna talk about you know Emperor Volcor as a card in the Dynasty mm. set. We're gonna also talk about a new class. In dynasty as well as a new hero in dynasty and then maybe after all that if they all coincide or maybe they don't coincide um so yeah let, let's kick it off starting to talk about the emperor of volkor in dynasty what do what do you guys think about this like um
1: so before before we go into the um, the, the subjects, can we can we re- recap where the source was from for this? Because I, I I think I remember seeing it, but I don't remember watching it or digesting all of it.
0: Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this at the top of the show, um, but this is all from the James White interview done on the YouTube channel uh, Loyal.
1: De Fidia. De Fidia. oh you did say that you did say that yeah my bad <laughs> no it's
0: good we'll give them give them another shout out uh, they're great great dudes yeah. I actually met them at the pro tour at least I met uh, one of them at the pro tour I think um, yeah maybe both I don't remember I met a lot of people anyway good <laughs> mm. great great channel um, and then like they're pioneers of uh, the
1: French community for flesh and blood absolutely yeah um, and the emperor was mentioned on this video. Yeah,
0: a lot of things were mentioned, actually. <laughs> um, everything that we talked about, or that I mentioned. Mm. So, um, yeah, the emperor of Volcor is going to be in the dynasty set as a hero, and. Wow. Jay. James White specifically used the pronoun he, and he also yep. said that it's gonna change. It's gonna be a very unique thing for the for Flesh and Blood. Um, mm. It's going to be basically touching new territory. Um, yeah. So what did you...
1: Splashy as well, didn't he? I think he said yeah. Splashy.
0: Yeah. It made mm. it sound spicy. What do you What do you guys think of this? And um, do you Do you maybe have any speculations on who it could be, or is it an entirely new character? What do you guys think?
1: I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me, just to kick off the discussion, is Command and Conquer. Okay. Is that, is that the Emperor? in the Command and Conquer art. I don't because know. Because he's he, he's you know, he's wearing the Vol the Volcor armour, you know, he's commanding a, a a legion of troops in you know in the in the art. So is that him or is that just I well, always that's a is, in, point.
0: I always <laughs> thought that dude was a general. Yeah? Yeah. I, I always just assumed he was like a general of the Volkor army. But I mean like he could be the Emperor. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess if you look at the Command and Conquer art, you've got uh, he's obviously pointing his finger. I mean, yeah, I guess he's maybe commanding his his army, a general, as you say, and obviously on the art as well, there's like a, like a battle plans. So there's like there's a person in the background, like like showing him this scroll, like yeah. a battle a battle tactic, I mean, like Command and Conquer. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this isn't the emperor. Maybe this is just a general. Um, so that's my theory out the window. Bill, what have you got? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, i'm
2: i'm just not sure i mean we know that kano is we know that kano is an important figure in Volcor, right yeah what yeah what what did we determine that he was again uh, i think it's been it's been like mentioned but
0: for some reason i just can't recall it right now Drakai of aether yeah he's the Drakai of aether right mm-hmm. is that what his subtitle is on the card kano? yes so, yeah. yeah that's his
2: official his uh that's what shows up on his business.
0: Yeah. So, card. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's on a CV. Um, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he has very high like rank uh, in the courts of Volcor. He, he though his weapon, the Crucible of Aetherweave, is like a very um, like I don't know what you want to call it. Like a relic of the of the Empire. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a very mm-hmm. treasured item. Um, so the fact that he wields it is like a, is like a big deal. And I don't quote yeah. me on this. Some people have been talking about how Kano is related to the emperor. I don't know if that's true. Um, I kind of mm. thought Dromai and Phi were, but maybe they're maybe they're not. I, I'm, I'm a little a little confused as to the story because, as as the time of this yeah. recording, we don't have Dromai or Phi's story yet out on <laughs> no. the articles. We don't we don't have them yet. Um, but it's heavily implied that they have some sort of claim to the throne. I think. Mm-hmm um whether yeah. they're you know children or something else like i don't i don't know um
2: yeah because uh, i mean that would make sense that would be why they're the two sort of they they represent the two main factions of the civil war that are happening in um like in Volcor or like around Volcor <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's very Volcor themed at the very least and draconic you know Dracai. i don't know if that's mm. just me uh word associating too hard but um, but yeah, I was going to say, I, f- I mean, I don't want to accuse Kano of nepotism, but like maybe, maybe he's related to the emperor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, could be like Kano's stepdad. <laughs>
1: I mean, mean, it says on the the website, it says, as a member of the royal court, Kano must inevitably take on his duty and accept his place amongst the Drakai. But Kano, he'd rather focus on exploring age-old tomes in the deepest recess of libraries or or hidden within ancient catacombs for spells and tricks to control and amplify his flame. So it says, obviously, he's a member of the royal court and he must inevitably take on his duty. So inevitably, is it inevitable that the fact that Kano may have to become the Emperor of Old Core because of his royal lineage, royal lineage, or just he just or just, just does he just want to piss about and throw fire he, at people? But to me,
2: as somebody who has seen the movie Billy Madison,
1: if if that doesn't <laughs>
2: scream nepotism, he's in this high-ranking thing and all he wants to do is read his books, that yeah. sounds like he was given the job by somebody who he knows. It's like Ah oh, Kano, you <laughs> got to stop just like lighting things on fire. K- Kano's like, on, Kano.
0: Kano's like if, if if burning your pants is cool, then call me Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I think
2: yeah. we've I think we've landed on it. I think this, Kano totally is admit. just Billy Madison, but yeah. <laughs> with um, with a magic wand.
0: <laughs> uh, uh. I used to joke that Kano would be the emperor. I'm like, oh, that would be the new special card, Kano, Emperor of Volcor, but. I do yeah. think, I do think it's going to be a, a new character and by new, mm-hmm. I mean a character we haven't seen yet as a hero. I don't think it's going to be like Kano or, oh yeah, um,
2: no, I, I don't think that it would be that easy either. Like, I don't think that it would, they would just reuse that, but I do think it'll be somebody who is related to Kano. Um, yeah, like okay. all, all jokes aside, that is sort of my guess, my hunch, mm. um, because I don't know. To me, it just it just matches up. But it could also be that I'm thinking that because, you know, Kano was the first uh, person from Volcor that we saw, so I'm like, oh well, they all know each other. They're all related yeah, over there. Yeah, they're all
0: they're all cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what what do you guys think the Emperor is going to be in terms of class and talent? Like, is he just a windmill slam draconic? Is he ju- is he just mm. draconic, or is he going to be like draconic? warrior or draconic wizard or something uh
1: That's a good question i mean if we if we look at the if we look at the past you know what was the last what was the last supplementary set everfest what happened in everfest bravo got all of the talents so is it is it going to be kano's going to suddenly be able to play draconic and ice cards for some reason i because mean
0: we haven't even talked about icelander a lot of folks are thinking is also related to the royal family
1: yeah exactly like the, like it's like the polar opposite isn't it fire and ice is like you know contradicting elements almost so is there going to be someone uh, or some sort of character that then does the sort of starvo thing where they can take all of the talents from the previous thing and I, and I, yeah
0: i don't think so just because of how the talents work because ice isn't Ice. ice is actually elemental. It's elemental mm-hmm. uh, su- yeah, subtype ice. So they would be like draconic/ slash elemental. And the way that they've templated it just the way LSS has it is uh, you have to get the powers from Aria, like elementals from Aria. Um, yeah. So like Icelander got her ice powers from living in Aria. Um, so even okay. if she's from yeah. even if she's originally from Volcor, uh, she mm. got her powers living in the bleak expanse in, in Aria. Um, yeah. So it's very like, unlikely that the Emperor is going to have ice.
2: Yeah, that's, well, that's the, cool. um, yeah. the whole lore behind Aria anyway, is that like people woke up basically at Korsham at the crossroads, um, when they're like being accepted into Aria, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm. Yeah. So mm. it, it could be it could be that, but I think it feels unlikely that they would go from like e- probably if, if that was the situation it would be like <laughs> growing up in Volcor, then going to Arya and then being like man, Arya sucks and then back to <laughs> Volkor
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I honestly think they're going to go heavy draconic talent with him like he's going to be like the most draconic possible, like yeah. probably probably care about chain links and all of that kind of stuff maybe have his own rupture mechanic um mm. but also I, I kind of okay so um what is the class for Typanus? the judge promo
2: he's a an adjudicator
0: i think That's right. adjudicator yeah. okay so the emperor's probably not an adjudicator but i mean it could be its own new thing like it could just be like its own new thing, or it could, or it could just be like a draconic. Like it could just be a draconic hero. Maybe be one of the first heroes that doesn't have a class and only has a talent.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I mean, James did say this is going to be a very unique hero. So
1: yeah. Maybe maybe yeah, that's
0: and... where it comes in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, I, that would I think be. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think Pedro as well uh, on the on the episode. Um, it was like a throwaway comment. But it it didn't go anywhere. But he said five intellect. Oh yeah. (laughs) He he was like five intellect, and and nobody said anything after that. So maybe, maybe there's going to be a five intellect hero. But as you say, maybe there's a downside where he can only use draconic cards. His card pool, yeah. His card pool is so his is his his, his, hardly any card pool whatsoever. But you get an additional hand size as a result of that potentially. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like data doll, like for instance, you know, well, actually no, let's not let's not go there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, data doll. Um, uh, so, I mean, like, we 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 talked about the potential class that he could be. Well, we do mm. know, and this is you know hundred percent confirmation from James White that there will be a new class in Dynasty. So, like, we're gonna that that's gonna oh. be our next topic. We're gonna talk about a new class and hero in Dynasty and. I want to preface this by saying, he said Emperor, and then he, then he said New Class and Hero. And I'm going to assume that these are different cards. Like, we, yeah. could all, we, could, we could just get that assumption out of the way right now, because you can always just say, like, oh, it's all the same thing, right? A new Hero yeah. is the Emperor, and also the, the Emperor is a new class, and that just covers it all. That could be a possibility. But I think it's more fun to speculate on all of them being separate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do also have 100% confirmation that the class is from the lore book. So it is one okay. of the classes talked about in the lore book. Um, yeah. So I did
2: pull that up. Where did that go? So um, within the lore book, like, do they mean, uh, the? do you know if they meant the professions page or just something that was referenced in the
0: lore book? James I've never actually seen in the
2: lore books. So.
0: James was very vague. He said it appears in the lore book. I think something along that's like kind of paraphrasing it, but he was very vague with it. Mm.
1: So
2: that would then, unless there's, you know, more within the lore book of references to different professions. um, We have a list of uh, 12 that are here. And I believe about half of them we've already seen. So the ones that we haven't seen are alchemist, assassin, bard, necromancer, cleric. Okay, so we, we have seen Bard, sort of, right, yeah, so we've seen we've seen Yorick, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, obviously, yeah, Yor- these... Yorick's a
0: promo and not like in a set, but... Yeah, yeah
2: he's not like an official hero, kind of. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the remainder, it's uh, Guardian, Brute, Wizard, Illusionist, Ninja, Warrior, Ranger. Yeah. Uh, so realistically, if we wanted to even pare that down to not include Bard, then we'd have Alchemist, Assassin, Necromancer, Cleric
0: yeah okay. um, um what do you guys think
2: I'm ki- i kind of have my hopes up for alchemist or assassin
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of thoughts on this but i'm gonna let you guys go first
2: yeah i i, I think um because this is something that i think as you had mentioned uh either in our last one or the one before how uh vipox mentioning the spider Mm -hmm. Um, sort of leans toward either assassin or alchemist. um, Hmm, Yeah. Yeah. uh, And then I think Kel uh, came in, but was like, but actually with the Oni mask, it's like, yeah, but he's also mixing potions. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's impossible
2: for me to, to make my own determination. But uh, I think that Vipox could be, I think that's something that they're probably going to want to do now is like insert hints to the next set in cards uh, from whatever the current set is, yeah. so that um, you know, I, I feel like that's just a nice, fun um, speculation thing that they can do, and it feels very LSS for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. there's, I, I have so much thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, uh, alchemist or assassin are very, very good choices because they are literally both mentioned in the uprising lore drop. Like, mm-hmm. like it specifically states that there are assassinations going on um, mm-hmm. among the courts of Volkor. So if the uh, emperor is there, it makes sense that a, an assassin might be there as well, maybe to kill the emperor. Um, yeah. And but also there's like this alchemist lab that gets like set on fire, um, uh, in, in the in the lore. So, like I mm. I think both are possibilities. Um, I really want assassin more than anything, but. I don't want it in, a, in an expansion set because I want it to be its own class with its own yeah. sub, ty, you know, type of cards like assassin cards, and I, I just don't yeah, want yeah. it to be cavdane. Basically, is what I'm saying. Is like I don't want the assassin to be like merchant, where it's just like here it is, and then you get like no merchant cards. Um, yeah, that would feel pretty, uh, pretty bad. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I think alchemist works better for that because there already exists like a bunch of potions, so mm-hmm. like. You could print an Alchemist, not have to make Alchemist specific cards, just make them synergize with any card that has the word like potion or whatever on it. Um, yeah. I think that could work, um, just like, you know, gameplay-wise. Um, like mixing potions and or, uh, sort of different
1: effects and stuff.
0: Or, hmm. he, here's the real spicy thing that I've been thinking about. What if they introduce the new class, say it's, a, for example, Assassin, right? But it's really just a teaser for the Assassin appearing fully fledged in the next main set. You know how they kind of drip-fed us Icelander? Like they put Icelander in Everfest? And then they're like, yeah. oh yeah, Uprising, here's Icelander for real, and then here's all of her cards and specializations. What if they do that for for the new class? I'm just using exa- yeah. Assassin as the example because that's what I want. But like, mm-hmm. if they're like, here's an Assassin, and you're like, oh, okay, he's just, he just, he's just there, or they're just there. and uh, But then they're like, oh yeah, Here's the next set, and it's Assassin for real and all the the cards and stuff that would be, be amazingly really awesome, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that
0: so yeah that, that's what I've been thinking about ever since i I heard this I was like i I'm thinking of the possibilities, and I think that would be so cool um and I think yeah, I mean- assassin really fits, but
1: it does. Yeah, it does. And, you know, the, the sort of uh, the, the sort of backup that I have about Assassin is if you obviously Vipox is, you know, the, the flavor text is only fools resort to violence or, or, or force from the spider. And if you look on the lore articles or just like the world of race, if you look under the pits, the spider is basically uh, an order of assassins. And the spider operates in total secrecy. Its service is available only to those who know of its existence. Its assassins are raised from youth, taken from the streets and from the orphanages, their skills honed to forge them into the ultimate weapon.
0: Oh, you know, know, I just had a thought. So the art on Vipox, they're clearly in um, either Volkor or Mysteria, It has a very, like, um, Asian-inspired background, and he's got the Oni mask, and it's very, very... Of those two regions uh, in the world mm-hmm. of um, in the world of Wraith, but I mean, assassins don't have to, you know, assassinate in their home turf. So that the no. assassin could be from the pits, disguised as, or just, or maybe like an agent in that area, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
2: And yeah. then, um, wouldn't that also fit in with um, what's the card like, nourishing emptiness? Um, because that, that one comes like very Asian-inspired and, and always felt kind of out of place for Monarch, unless I'm, I'm wrong about that. I could absolutely be.
0: But. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're right. Cool. It, 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 I did a whole video on that card, um, on the mm-hmm. art, rather, on it, because uh, the art depicts a bunch of the heroes dying. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, a prophetic kind of thing. And the character on it, when you look at them, they look pretty creepy. Like, their, their hands are way longer and their fingers are way longer than they should be like uh. proportionally uh. like they're actually kind of kind of creepy looking like in the, oh, yeah. the uncanny like horror movie kind of way you know
1: all right um, i'm sat in the dark here for goodness sake
0: yeah <laughs> Cre- creepy creepy <laughs> little fingers
1: oh someone's looking at me for the window
2: <laughs> quick throw a rock at him <laughs> oh yeah. god there's a copy of nourishing emptiness on the ground oh no there
0: it is <laughs> ah, it's coming it's coming <laughs> yeah. for
1: you you're it's get, has his image that's depicting as the hero's downfall. Oh, no. <laughs> You're
0: going to get dominated.
1: Yeah. I wish.
0: But, yeah, I think um, I think Assassin or Alchemist are both very likely. I, I know a whole bunch of people are, like, rooting for Necromancer. You don't, you don't really yeah. hear a lot of talk about uh, Cleric, honestly, but...
2: A lot, fall, a lot of I want there to be a cleric story. very badly. Yes, you do. <laughs>
0: I, I don't think either of them fit in Volcor, and we know we know oh. Dynasty is going to be a Volcor set. I mean, Necromancer might fit, right? I mean, they could mm. both fit, but the other ones feel more likely based on what we know is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I
2: I fully agree. Like looking at it, as much as I would want a cleric or a Necromancer, like the idea of knowing what we know now. Uh, or like at this very moment in time about Dynasty, it's like, eh. I think they could probably have a better impact for Necromancer if they saved it for a a slightly different set. I
0: think... My my hot take is I don't think we'll see Necromancer until Savage Lands. I think think Savage Lands Necromancer makes a lot of sense because Mm -hmm. Savage Lands is all about strength and life or death and having a character that's all about death makes a lot of sense uh yeah and make them like a, okay. a witch doctor kind of thing or something um oh yeah it could be it could be cool like with like curses yeah. and stuff I'm, I'm, I'm channeling like diablo 3 energy here but um, yeah oh that's like, what we not, like though yeah
2: the uh, juju style witch doctor
1: yeah um well yeah we saw the afflictions didn't we so maybe there's going to be more yeah. afflictions with that sort of thing
0: yeah that's a good
1: point too um yeah.
0: And then also a lot of folks are thinking like, "Oh, we're gonna have a shadow necromancer," and a lot. I'm just like, I don't want to respond to every comment, but I'm just like, there's like a hundred percent chance there's not gonna be shadow in, in the next set. Like, <laughs> shadow is That's like me. a demonastery thing, or like people are like, "Oh, it's gonna be a shadow assassin," and I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like, Probably yeah. not
1: just yet. Yeah. Like
0: as cool as that would be.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: I just yeah I, I think I'm right there with you. It doesn't quite fit um and the way that they've done the talents up to this point it feels unlikely that they would just randomly bring it back they i could see them doing a new talent that's you know similar um mm. but yeah like light and shadow is very demonastery slash um the light version of the demonastery uh,
0: solana solana there we go mm-hmm. um yeah i mean like yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's very unlikely. I mean, I think there could be an entirely talent-focused uh, expansion set at some point where instead of having, like, support for all of the classes, you have support for all the talents. After yeah. all of mm. the talents have been introduced, I think that's definitely a possibility. But mm. I don't see a random talent just popping up as a one-off in, like, a set that's about, like, the Volcorian dynasty, you know? Yeah. Know. Again, mm. it
2: just feels like they could have a like if these are good ideas but i feel like they could have a much stronger impact uh like if they were put into a set where they were you know they were either front and center or they were just put in a better environment for them to really shine instead of just being like oh this is a cool idea let's just toss it in here and then see what happens yeah yeah yeah. um what about
0: oh go ahead go ahead
1: i was gonna say do you know what i do want to see in the next supplementary set though what do you want to see I Sorry. do want to see a new generic weapon. Oh, yes. That would be awesome. I'd love to see more generic weapons, just like more tools that people can just play with if they're, if they're struggling for a choice. They can just be like, oh, let's, let's use this and see what this does. Just opens up, more, opens up more lines. And I think that's the place to put it, it you know, gen- and more generic weapons um, in the supplementary sets. That's what I would love to see personally, just as a little side, little side comment. That's a, that's a great point too.
0: Yeah, I also yeah. would like to see one. Um, who knows? Maybe if the emperor is uh, only draconic, we we either see a generic or or, or a draconic weapon. Um, yeah, be cooler to see a generic though. But yeah, like having right. like a big halberd or something like that would be awesome.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
2: just give people options if they don't want to play. Um, I what is that card? I have it on my desk right. Now. Talishar? Talishar, yeah. That's it, Um, yeah, the rusty sword.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, give him tennis.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because I think they've, I think they they proved maybe uh, by hedging their bets maybe slightly too much that having a weapon that every class has access to isn't a mistake. Um, They just have to make sure that it isn't, like, overpowered, which Talishar definitely is not. (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) like,
0: yeah, you know, compare Talishar to something like... uh... Rosetta Thorn and yeah. <laughs> Honestly,
2: yeah. even like harmonized Kodachi.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Kodachi's are pretty good, so,
0: but yeah. Um, so we, we talked yeah. about a potential new class. What about hero? And it says it's going to be a new hero. Do you, th- I think obviously the new class is probably going to be also a new hero, but do you think there's going to be a new hero in addition to that? Like a new warrior? Like, like, uh, as you mentioned, the 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 guy from Command and Conquer. Do you think we're gonna see him in the set as like a new draconic warrior or something like that?
1: I'd love, to, I'd love to see new heroes. I mean, if we look at the the trend of supplementary sets, the only supplementary set we've had so far is Crucible of War, um, and that had a load of heroes in it, load of young heroes in it, which we could use. Uh, no, sorry, Everfest obviously had other heroes in it as well. But if you look at the original supplementary set. That was chock a block full of random heroes that you know some of them weren't given support like merchant and stuff but i'd I'd love mm. that sort of thing. I love a set which just doesn't care about what what's in there it just gives players like like us, people that like to play casually and experiment and other um, weird and wonderful decks, you know, I-, I love that sort of thing. So I, I am rooting for a new hero that, you know, is not necessarily ridiculously powerful. And even if it's just a blitz hero, another young hero that we can use in casual formats like UPF commoner, um, you know, I- I'm definitely all for that. And I hope that we do see that. So I hope the supplementary sets carry on that trend. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that,
0: um, it's going to be more akin to like Crucible of War where we have like a new class and also like a smattering of, uh, of heroes or maybe more minimalistic like Everfest.
1: Mm. Personally,
2: I would really like to see more like Crucible style. Um, it, it was yeah. a little bit awkward, I think, for Crucible just because of how thin everything was spread for mm. that one. Um, like the, the nice thing about uh everfest was that it was like it was it was a little bit more of a focused supplementary set yeah uh, at least yeah. the way that i felt the way that i felt
0: about
1: it well it was a theme wasn't there there was a carnival theme around it and stuff whereas crucible was just literally a expansion set with random stuff in it for each hero yeah.
0: i mean like it makes sense for crucible because like arcane rising and welcome to Wraith were also just kind of like random like they're just true. characters yeah. from random stuff but Another thing about Crucible is uh, it was literally the third Flesh and Blood set and we are up to set seven with Uprising. So Dynasty mm-hmm. is going to be set eight compared to set three from Crucible. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they they might have a little more freedom to go a little bit crazier with it to have a, a wider swath of heroes now because there's yeah. like well, and a back. They
2: just have cabin. more experience with it in general, right? Yes. More experience mm-hmm. with supplementary sets. And uh, I, I would really like to see them do more of a crucible style thing but maybe with more focused design um yeah because yeah when I look back at crucible like I know all of the cards but they don't like and this is like the most annoying complaint of all time but it's like they don't tell a story you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, <probably. laughs> yeah yeah
2: like you, you just look at some of the cards and you're like oh yeah that's like a cool card but I don't see how this fits into this like set well like uh, why is this here and not
0: just anywhere else like not mm-hmm. even the weapons all line up some of them do like ko and the claws but like data doll and the freaking shotgun thing like yeah uh, <laughs> uh,
1: that's just just that just speaks to me on such a such a level though it's just like pure chaos just a pure chaos set <laughs> just like I mean, this uh,
0: robot lady walking around with his shotgun
1: <laughs> exactly yeah it's just like cars oh, just give it to me um yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd even, to be honest, I'd even love to see just a set that just has weapons in it. Just a load of weapons and armor, that, you know, like an armory set. That's what, where you. Can, I
0: think that's what Crucible was trying to be, like an armory set. Yeah, because there was a lot of equipment in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, but we got all this to look, look forward to, so we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah.
0: Do you, one, one last thing about that part. Uh, do you guys think that the heroes are going to be, and this is across the board, including the Emperor, do you think they're going to be young or adult or maybe a mix like we saw in Everfest? What do, what do you guys think? Because I, I I think, I think we could see a bunch of young heroes and then the emperor is like, you know, adult, kind of like how they did for Everfest, where like Starvo yeah. was adult and all the rest were young. I, that that mm-hmm. could be a possibility, or maybe this could be the opposite of crew, and they're just all adult.
2: Um, I think that could make sense. Uh, I, I think that that would be, you know, fine if they did that. Um, I think right now we have a, a decent amount of blitz and blitz only heroes, mm-hmm. but we only have one CC only hero, and as far that, as I know. Well,
0: we, we, so, yeah, we don't. <laughs> we don't anymore. Actually, <laughs> Yeah. we, we did. <laughs> he, he was a little. He was a little good. Which also yeah. brings a lot of concern. Like, well, is the emperor going to be too good? And he's just going to living legend in like six months or whatever. Yeah.
2: Um, Living legends somehow in like before the sets even released.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be living legend format of like the emperor versus Starvo versus, you know, prism and chain or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's our speculation, speculation, not speculation, speculation about the (laughs) dynasty stuff. Um, we have a couple other topics we're going to talk about, but uh, if you have any speculation, uh, dear viewers, let us know mm. in the comments, like, what you think, you know, new heroes, new classes, the Emperor, um, all that good stuff. Very curious to hear everyone's thoughts about this. Um, Great, to, to the people who are like, it's going to be a shadow mech, I'm sorry, I don't want to break your heart, but no. Shadow mech? I've heard that <laughs> more than a few times. Like Shadow, sh- mech. shadow mech, and I'm like no that's not oh, gonna happen wow, wow. Um, again it's that.
2: like it sounds cool but it it i does. i don't know that there's room for that at least not right now yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah so what would you
1: do you'd, you'd you'd boost your cards away and then be able to play them from the banished, from, from zone. The banished
0: zone yeah i think that's the <laughs> idea um, fantastic sounds a little busted um yeah
2: but... <laughs> You're giving your stuff... Well, I mean, hang on. So you're giving your stuff go again, and you're banishing stuff that you can play later? That sounds like somebody I
1: already know. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Zero to 60 on loop. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, um, also talked about, spoken about, discussed in the interview. Um, A little bit less of a positive story, but I think it has a positive outcome, is um, that Flesh and Blood had some localization issues... Uh, when they were translating History Pack 1 into the black label uh, foreign Mm -hmm. language versions. Um, And this is something that, you know, they posted about, and by they I mean Legend Story Studios posted about this on the official Flesh and Blood website, fabpcg.com, and it kind of, like, caught me off guard. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, like, this was a thing. And then, you know, they talked about it in more detail in the the interview, and I think it's uh, worth noting because... Obviously legend Story studios thought it important enough to bring up uh, an article um and it's clearly like a big deal for the European market especially apparently French yeah. was one of the more egregious uh translations um yeah but uh I, I think it's worth talking about just a little bit um, mm-hmm. do you guys remember uh this this topic that that came up in the interview yeah
2: yeah i've I've heard um some amount of discussion around it. I didn't end up seeing any of the actual uh, examples of bad localization, but um, there are, you know, that this does happen, (laughs) especially Mm -hmm. when you're trying to translate to, you know, maybe too many languages at a time. Time Going global. (laughs) Going global in general, yeah. Like, going up to five languages right from one was, you know, it's it's a big step. But it also, like, it takes a lot of manpower and like time and knowledge Mm -hmm. and resources like just in general um that's one of the crazy things even about um magic there was a set recently uh i mean like quote unquote recently but shadows over innistrad very famously had uh, a pretty funny localization error uh with a card that i believe was called descend upon the sinful uh Mm -hmm. Uh, Descend upon the sinful. Yeah, and it was like a white board wipe or something.
0: I, I know, I know the card. Uh, it's yeah. got it on it, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah I, yeah, I used it in my Kalia deck for flavor once. It's like it exiles all creatures, and then if you have the the mechanic, you get a make a four-four angel on the back end or something yes. like that.
2: Yeah. No, so uh, in French, the the way that it was uh, changed up. Hang on, do I have the language? The French one was fondre sur le pêcheur, but the way that they translated the last word, um, the I think the accent over the E was wrong, and so instead of sinful, it translated to fisherman. Fish?
0: fish? Yeah, I was going to say, pêche <laughs> is like fish. Yeah. Yeah. So it was well.
2: Descend Upon the Fisherman, and everybody, oh, like, clowned on them for so long. And that was, again, like, recent. Like, Shadows of Renistrad came out, ugh, like... When's the... It's a the it's when, it's it was when when I, a while
0: ago. date on these when. It was a while ago. Back when I still played Magic.
2: It was a while um, ago, but, like, 2016. Like, this was, for, for Magic in general and their history, like, pretty recent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so, like, it, is, it does... It is unfortunate. It's um, just growing you know, pains,
1: isn't it? It's just growing it pains. It
2: is. And, and, you know, I, I can't imagine how excited people were when they found, oh, well, I'm actually going to get cards that, you know, especially people who, like, live in France or, you know, because it was uh, French, German, Italian, and Spanish. Spanish. Yep. Um, so for people that live where those are the, the main languages, it would be so nice to hear like, oh well, now like if I don't know English very well, or you know, I just want to play with the cards for the language that I, I prefer more, then mm. you can do that. That's great, and then you get the cards, and you're like, what the hell do these say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all um, just
0: gibberish. <laughs> so for the for the audience out there, the the end result of what a- actually happened is that um, they kind of like put out their feelers to the European Community to. Ask about the translations, and they were almost unanimously—I um, don't know the right word for this—disliked. They're like, "No, these are pretty bad." But and then then LSS was like, "Okay, we'll recall them all, destroy the product, and then redo it to you know keep up to our standards." And the unanimous decision was, "No, that's worse. We want the pro- we still want the product." So <laughs> um, they're they're going through with it, but they are going to be. Um, or maybe already have hired um, more folks to work on this like, James said something along the lines of like industry professionals like seasoned industry professionals who will do the translations mm-hmm. um, cool. but the fact that they were willing to destroy their entire print run because that's, crazy, isn't it? that's like nuts like that yeah. takes so much crazy. like integrity like that's literally putting your money where your mouth is right because they're like You know, we we don't want to make a bad product, so we will lose money. We will destroy it. Um, Yeah. And the community was like, no, 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 that's worse. We actually want the... We don't want a a delay. We want the cards.
1: Um, We still want Descend Upon the Fisherman, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, By by the way, if if you are a French... Because I know at least a lot of folks who watch um, Red Zone Rogue, my my channel, have a decent European audience, mostly Germany and France, so shout out to the German and the French audience, but I know other places in Europe as well. Um, but please let us know in the comments down below, which cards in particular do you think are like that bad? I'm very curious mm-hmm. I have this morbid curiosity. I want to know which are like the, the really bad ones. Um, yeah. cause I know they mentioned Ranger specifically in the interview, like that Ranger got translated poorly and I'm, I'm just so morbidly curious on that. Like... I, yeah.
2: I, I think I remember hearing that one of the bad, like one of the front and center bad translations was like Dorinthia. I think Dorinthia's ability was worded like unbelievably awkwardly. Um, mm. I, I don't have, you know, I, I, I can't tell you if that's true or not, but uh, I, I I do remember somebody saying that
0: in the I'm, in the interview. They also mentioned stuff like pitch was trans like just the word pitch was translated awkwardly and there's a couple other
1: things like mm-hmm. that too yeah yeah i'm just gonna a um, looking at instagram now because i remember seeing something on there and this is this is what uh, from eunice from flesh and blood europe i'm not sure if you would have seen him he's got the one of the best mustaches ever known oh yeah um, I, I know who you're talking about yeah <laughs> um and um uh, on one of his videos he said meet and greet you know the rune blade card mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um is uh called fleish and lust or carnal lust, so basically just l- <laughs> lusting over someone.
0: <laughs> With the art, that is hilarious because she's just like, is, yeah. she's got the big, this big grin, holding like a bloody cleaver. Proper BDSM <laughs> style, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. <laughs>
2: uh, oh boy. Yeah let, let us know dollar.
0: if let us know if there are more of those. Like, I'm very yeah. curious. Um, but I think the big takeaway here is that LSS. Even though they are literally a small indie studio from New Zealand, a country that's been closed off for the last two years, um, yeah. had the integrity to not only address this issue, like, because I know bigger companies would have just been like, whatever, like, mm. whatever, we'll, we'll do better next time or whatever. They were ship like, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. just ship it. Um, yeah. But they were like, no, this, this is our fault. We can do better. Let us destroy it and redo it. Like, the fact that mm. they wanted to do that and they were like, That was their first response, I think, says a lot about the company and um, where their, like, priorities lie, right? It's not all about, you know, making money. Um, It's about making a product that they're proud of uh, for the community, which is um,
1: different, you know? Yeah. And it's like similar to their sentiments of banning cards right out the gate. If they realize that they've made a mistake, they're the first ones to say, right, we've made a mistake. So how can we correct this straight away? They are very, Mm -hmm. very good at doing that. And obviously it shows in this example as well. So. Yep. Yep. I think it just points to a lot of, uh,
0: you know, it means it shows to me that they're a great company and that, you know, um, they're learning from their mistakes. They're willing to take the blame and, um, You know, you can't really grow unless you do stuff like that. And so I think it shows that the company is, um, you know, probably going to end up in a very good place. I mean, I think they're already in a good place, but I think their trajectory is very, very good.
1: Um, Definitely. Yeah,
0: just want to have the uh, nice little bit of positivity on the end of the the negative, as we're joking about the carnal lust, (laughs) carnal
1: lust. Um, (laughs) I I just want that cold foil Azalea full art. That's what I want. Oh, that dude, beautiful. Yeah. those
0: are so. I'm, I'm so jealous of those. Uh.
1: You tagged me in that. I was like, oh, yes, please give it to me. I have a. Uh, I, I, I don't care what it says. So it could say carnal lust, and I wouldn't mind.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that's that. You already feel that way, though, right? yeah, was, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I would be like, I, I, I thought you'd
0: prefer it. Yeah,
1: I probably would. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I have a, a German uh, viewer who's like, oh, I can get you some German boxes, and I was like, oh, I really want to, but just spend Ooh. so much money on uprising. I just, I have, I have these other big projects going on. that like also cost yeah. me a lot of money. Like, well, I just can't do it. I wish, I wish I could, maybe I'll message him and ask him if he still has boxes in like a couple weeks, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um,
2: I really need, I, I really need the heroes <laughs> at the I, very least, but just, everybody's going to want them.
0: I just really want to open a box of like German flesh and blood. I just think it'll be a ton of fun. I try to try to yeah. remember what all the names of the cards are. Try to pronounce all the German names, and <laughs> it, it's fun for me because I have like German like heritage, and I don't speak German. I know a little bit of like French, uh, so hmm. like French French would be like easier for me. But I think German would be more fun. Um, hmm. But um, yeah, I just want to open it up because I, I I back when I was into Magic, I would buy like Korean and Japanese boxes. Oh, yeah, culture!
1: Gotcha. Yeah, give us those give us those Asian cards now. Like I have. I want
0: Japanese Flesh and Blood cards really bad. <laughs> oh, I, did you guys? Okay, this kind of ties into this, I guess. But did you guys see that some like Japanese Flesh and Blood channels are like popping up, like YouTube channels?
1: Yes, that's like so it. yeah. it's
0: so cool. Like I saw it. I'm like, yes. Like I know Chris like, posted it
1: on Facebook, didn't he? I Have don't remember who was it. Chris
0: Bewley? I think I think he did. actually. I think so, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, I, I love to see it like expanding across the world, but also like. Japan has a very thriving TCG card gaming um, community and market. And so like yeah. popping up in Japan is really good for the game and um, it also is really selfish for me because I want to have a calling in Japan and I want them to ask me to do coverage so I can travel to Japan and then get paid for oh, it. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like the wow. most
0: most selfish thing possible but like oh, I really yeah. want that to happen. Yeah, um, we'll
1: campaign we'll campaign for you to do that, you know, if that's the case, you know, oh, get yeah. him to Japan.
0: Oh, yeah. I will can't campaign for myself. I'll just beg, beg LSS, yeah. beg, uh, uh well, Alan, maybe is Alan the person to beg? I'm not sure, but someone.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. All of them. Um, oh, mate. so, uh,
0: the last little bit of news, uh, and this is just kind of like a little throwaway thing that I thought was like really interesting. Um, yeah. Chris from LSS, uh, Chris Gearing, I think I pronounced his last name right. Gearing. Mm. Um, He's actually one of the co-founders of Legend Story Studios. Uh, him, James White, and um, Robbie Wen are like the three co-founders, um, more or less, of Legend Story Studios. And uh, it's funny, I don't think Chris or Robbie get enough attention. Like, a lot of folks don't even know who yeah. they are, and I think they're like super, super important when it comes to Flesh and Blood. But uh, anyway, Chris was saying how like they're walking around in um, New Jersey at the Pro Tour, and he saw it, walked past an event, and there was like a you know couple hundred people at the event, and he's like, "Oh, the Battle Hardens started already." And then he was then he thought like, "Wait a minute, this isn't where the Battle Hardens should be. The Battle Hardens should be on the <laughs> other side of the room. This is a Commoner event." Um, wow. And, and he was blown away by how popular both uh, Commoner and Ultimate Pit Fight were um, at um, at the Pro Tour. And I just think that's yeah. that that's awesome. Like, you know, I, I can. Oh, it's just.
1: Yeah, yeah go ahead, yeah, go ahead it's, just, man. It's, just, it's brilliant it's just like you know it, there's as as Flesh and Blood and Legend Story Studios said, said there is a it's not all about competitive play there are other ways to play this game and other ways to experience this game and UPF and Commoner is you know just two of those formats obviously we've got PvE coming out and all that sort of thing so it just goes to show that people just want to play this game to have fun and just engross themselves in their favorite characters and stuff and just make weird and wonderful decks that's so just fantastic news really Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, love
0: it. I just thought it was super cool. And uh, I got to personally chat with Chris a a bunch at the uh, event. He's a a really nice dude. We talked about a lot of Flesh and Blood related stuff. But um, it's really cool that that they're noticing this, you know, and that, um, you know, hopefully it translates into... I don't necessarily want cards made for these formats, but I Mm. I would like more um, official support for these formats in terms of like prizing and, and events and that kind of stuff, right? So if you could have yeah. like, if your LGS could host like prized, like well prized, um, you know, commoner events and that kind of stuff, that would be that'd be mm. awesome. Like with actual like yeah. you know, play mats and promos and the whole shebang, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, um, even, if, even if it's just like a little palette cleanser, like, you know, the little event that I did uh, last Tuesday at my local game store, albeit I'll, I'll it was the first one uh, in the area, we finished off with a game of UPF from the people that were th- that were there, and it was just a nice little palate cleanser to sort of, you know, just yeah, we we'll, we'll just have a little chill out before we go home now, sort of thing, you know, nothing too serious. And you know, the game still shines through. You can still make these weird and wonderful decks, as I said before, um, and still play your favorite characters in that setting. So yeah, yeah, I definitely think it needs more more light shined shined upon it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I, I basically just want it so that uh, an LGS could like. Make a skirmish like if they wanted to do blitz, they can do blitz, but they can also do like uh, limited or UPF or uh, mm. commoner. Like they can just make that yeah. make their skirmish into any of those things and use the pricing for that that stuff because uh, yeah, you know they, they can just tailor it better to their community.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. Tailor it to what you what your people in the area want to play and what's popular to them because everyone's different. Everyone's going to have a different demographic as to who wants to play what. So yeah the moment we get upf on gem is going to be fantastic
0: yeah (laughs) um and it just makes it more uh i think you mentioned this a little bit Uh, you called it a palette cleanser i think it if people are pretty down on on a format right so if like all the skirmishes are supposed to be blitz right and everyone's like oh blitz sucks because x deck is like too oppressive then you can be like let's not do blitz let's do uh commoner or let's do upf or whatever um and then people can yeah, if you can still get fun. you
1: still get experience and prizes from it then exactly. yeah what well, you know yeah. just switches it up a bit yeah mm.
0: so i mean that's my job. that's my hope um i hope that's what i hope that lss takes away from all this kind of stuff is that people want to play these formats and that um they should do pricing like official pricing support for them
1: um, yeah
0: yeah and
2: yeah, uh there's a little bit of an interesting personal story actually we have an event at one of our LGSs uh here in Winnipeg uh it's not this weekend but it's next weekend on the 17th and the initial idea was to have a UPF event um but LSS actually ended up reaching out uh when they sort of i don't know when they submitted the uh, report for what they were going to do for that event or whatever. And LSS came back and said, Hey, actually, like, like we don't, we're not set up for that yet. Um, Ooh. So if you could choose <laughs> a different type of event, then that would be preferred.
0: <laughs>
2: hmm. mm, interesting. Um, so, but I, I feel like that's, it is very much uh, like right now we can't, but if it does pick up steam, then later, um, yeah. like they're, they're just not able to do or, or, I don't want to use the word condone, but basically condone Mm. um, having more casual formats yet because you know, it's, it's not actually made for a prize structure. Um, Yeah. And I mean, magic has had that issue too, like creating um, prized events or um, sanctioned events for a casual format like commander. There's always been a ton of issues with trying to figure out what the best way to do it is, how to make sure that everybody walks away happy, how to make sure that everybody who wins ends up actually walking away like with prizing that makes sense or whatever. Um, So I can see why, Mm -hmm. but if they do see the amount of support that it has, then I think it's a it's a when rather than an if for at the very least commoner. I think that commoner fits in perfectly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I guess,
0: there's
2: actually going to be quite an issue about that at all. But
1: Yeah, I guess what you said about Commander is quite interesting because obviously it is a casual format, just people playing around a table. And once you start tainting that with prizes and stuff, it may sort of skew it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely definitely understand that. But um, yeah, I guess it'd be interesting to see where it goes. Commoner, yeah, definitely more t- tailored towards the current model. Um, yeah, I mean, like... But...
0: I, yeah, UPF, I can definitely see the reasons... Why you wouldn't want to do that for the prize support, but like, because like, yeah, what what happens if someone comes in like second place in a pot or something like that? But uh, mm-hmm. for for commoner, I don't see why they couldn't just take the skirmish prize structure and be like, instead yeah. of blitz, you're doing commoner, like,
1: yeah, 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 just mix it up a bit, definitely. It's it's like
0: kind of the same thing, just with like you can't play with you know rares and majestics and legendaries and stuff. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: Um. But. We'll yeah, so yeah, that's going to do it for our um, flesh and blood segment, at least. The <laughs> 95% of the podcast. We do have an arsenal step, and this is one that I, that I personally really wanted to talk about, and I think it's one that we can all talk about um, this week, because it has to do with um, um, recent news, horrible recent news, the, the passing mm. of uh, Kaz- uh, Kazuki Takahashi, the creator of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, so I figured we could mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit just casually about um, Yu-Gi-Oh!, like what it means to us, um, you know, growing up, or if we still play it, or just anything, just anything about it, um, and uh, yeah, what, did, did either of you play, and we talked about this a little bit before we started the podcast, but um, mm-hmm. did both of you guys play Yu-Gi-Oh! growing up, and like how, how early did you start playing? We'll start with. Want to go we'll start with Bill because I remember him talking a little bit about this. Yeah,
2: I'm actually just going to pause for a second. My cat is uh, just about to use his letterbox, and and <laughs> ends up being super loud. <laughs> okay, so, no problem, uh, no problem. <laughs> so yeah, just we hear can just
1: a pissing cat on the uh, podcast. Lovely. <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: Basically, yeah. But if we can, yeah, you probably hear it now. Unless it, like, I don't know if my microphone
1: actually. I, I ends can't. Up.
0: I can't hear it actually. I can't.
1: I can't hear oh. either. Maybe That's we should just surprising. leave this leave this hole in, <laughs> in.
0: Yeah, we'll see if I remember. We'll see if I remember. Um, yeah.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh uh, history.
2: Okay, hang on. There we go. Okay, we're good. Okay. okay. I'm just nice. gonna just just in case you do remember to to come back and do this. I'm just gonna uh now. <laughs> you yeah. Should be able to see the waveform <laughs> of that. Yeah. Okay. Right, well. Yeah, actually, I have played. Uh, I played Yu Gi Oh for a long time. Uh, back mm-hmm. when I was in high school, just like just end of middle school, like throughout high school. Uh, I think I ended up playing it just about until 2012 ish. Um, because that's, I believe, when I started to play Magic and mm-hmm. sort of took that up over Yu Gi Oh. But uh, yeah, Yu Gi Oh actually had a very. Big influence on my interest in card games, my interest in, uh, you know, just playing games as a group in general. Uh, and also, yeah. uh, back, what was this, 15 years ago, I think, Must be. Uh, yeah. I met Elliot from the Spike Feeders at a Yu Gi Oh! event at an LGS here in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice.
2: Uh, so yeah, if I had never played Yu-Gi-Oh and never decided to go to events, then I most likely would not have ever met Elliot. Um, and you know, him and I have been friends for, you know, longer than we haven't at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like Yu-Gi-Oh has made uh, an absolutely indelible impact on my life. Uh, it is a, like it's, i don't know they definitely jumped the shark in terms of game design and stuff but the the anime and the manga phenomenal i don't think that's even like up for discussion uh oh, yeah. honestly
1: they're like the in tan- in tandem series as well that was going on on cartoon network maybe or nickelodeon at the time yeah. uk bro- uk broadcasters of it but <laughs> yeah yeah it was very much a sort of very much a sort of way of life back then, just watching that and just playing, like, on the pavement. Oh, it's just like playing oh, on the pavement with unsleeved cards. Like, what was going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh dear. It's just you look I, back and think, wow. Um, I remember uh, getting those, uh, like, the old tins.
2: Uh, they still do the the tin um, yeah. sort of, like, promotional structure or whatever. And I remember getting one with Insect Queen and oh, yeah. Obnoxious Celtic Guardian. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I remember playing those on the pavement outside. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the good stuff. I think yeah.
0: I think Obnoxious Celtic Guardian came out after I had stopped playing. Uh, I I played right when it came out. Like, immediately when it came out. Um, oh, yeah. My brother and I got the Yugi and Kaiba starter decks. Um, I posted, we talked about this a little bit also before we uh, started recording, but I posted about this on my Everywhere, basically, on my Facebook, my Twitter, my uh, YouTube channel. Um, I, I found my old deck that I played, and I, I posted it. And uh, you can see all the cards are from the original sets. Uh, Legend of Blue Eyes, Metal Raiders, Pharaoh Servant, Labyrinth of Nightmare. Some of them are even first edition. Um, so yeah. I like my first edition Graceful Charity from like the, the Pegasus starter deck. And I remember like that was a, the new thing when it came out. You could play with two Graceful Charities in your deck, because uh, they were like sort of restricted. Back then you had like different levels of restriction and banned so you could do like um, completely banned, restricted to one um, or restricted to two, and uh, graceful charity was restricted to two, whereas like a pot of greed was uh, restricted to one, same with like most of the other staple cards like um, change of heart, dark hole, uh, Regeki, oh, all, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah and I was like uh, you know I was a kid, but I went to tournaments, I competed, I always did very, very well. Um, some of the comments on the, the post were like, they're like, oh, I bet that deck was really strong back in the day, and yeah, it was, it was good. I, it was kind of like a fiend control-ish. It was like a, a hate bears kind of deck. I really hated on um, opposing uh, effect monsters and had a lot of stuff that nullified that. And then I also had stuff like, is um, it Imperial Command or Royal Command that nullifies all magic? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then... What was uh, it? There was Imperial, Imperial Order? Yeah, yeah. So I had, I had the Secret Rare version from yeah. Fair Servant in that deck. And then I would finish off my opponent through a combination of, like, uh, Dark Ruler Hades and Summon Skull Attacks, and then, like, Ring of Destruction and um, Ceasefire, which was which was a, was a good tech. Where Ceasefire is a trap where you flip all face-down monsters face-up, and then your opponent loses 500 for every effect monster on the field. Um, so you can just dome them for a, a, a ton. Um, and then I used Cheese... Like uh, discard effects, which I don't have in that deck anymore. I'm pretty sure my brother has them. But uh, it was a delinquent duo confiscation and then the forceful sentry to just rip stuff out of my opponent's hand. And then I had yeah, I uh, all
2: cards that are like super banned now oh. because of how good they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh,
0: and then uh, this is going to trigger some people. Uh, Yadagarosu. Um, I had Yadagarosu in the deck. And then I also use um, the Mystical Knight of Jackal, which is a card where any any monster that it destroys, you can force to go on the top of your opponent's deck. Um, so you can just deny them card draw by like just killing their stuff over and over um, and then Yadagarasu makes it so that they don't have a draw step at all um, so it's pretty busted and degenerate I had like Don Zalug in there too to also do shenanigans it was fun though <laughs> it was fun it's funny because the deck sounds like super busted but it's not one of the decks like these days where you just win on turn 2 or turn 1 or whatever with all your wow. yeah. synchro summons and XYZ shenanigans and Stuff
2: link yeah. link summons and pendulum summons. I still don't really know what
0: pendulum summons are, but, but. I nice. I played a uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Two on Steam. I bought it on sale, and it just has you can just play like a single player story of every anime, all the Yu-Gi-Oh! Animes, um, and you can also build your own decks and do stuff. And that's how I learned how to do all that new crap because I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh! Boomer. I I, <laughs> I I quit after like the first like six or seven sets, like right right when. Yadagarasu was a thing. Um, that's about when I, when I stopped playing. Um, yeah. But uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, I, I went so deep in, into it because like, it, was, it was really big for me. Like, I, I was super into it. Like I said, I played competitively. I had, I had Yu-Gi-Oh magazines. Um, I met a lot of friends through Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and, like, that compared with, you know, compiled with Magic. And to me, you know, as a kid, they were kind of like the same, right? They're, n- they're not the same, or they're different card games. But they're the same in that, like, I played with the same people, and um, hmm. met the same friends, and had the same kind of experiences with, with the two games. Um, mm. Except, um, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh was bigger for me for a certain period of time. Um, so, yeah, uh, it means a lot to me, and uh, I was pretty bummed to hear of um, uh, to hear of his passing. Um, so, yeah. It's a bit of a bummer, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it and to, uh, you know, talk about the legacy um, and the impact that uh, Kazuki Takahashi left on everyone. Because I think uh, I think he's um, left a really big impact for everyone. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: without doubt, yeah, pioneering.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those, uh, you know, he helped shape what card games are <laughs> these these days, even though like... You know, he did the manga and the, and the story. Every single Yu-Gi-Oh card, if you look at the bottom of it, it says his name. Like, yeah, mm. it, it says it, like, even on modern ones. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, also, <laughs> call- there's a lot of, like, audience call-outs. Um, if you have any Yu-Gi-Oh stories, please let us know uh, in the comments. I'm definitely going to read them all. Um, yeah. If you're, like, a new Yu-Gi-Oh player, old-school Yu-Gi-Oh player, I've already had a lot of people reach out and mention, like, you know, but they are like old school Yu-Gi-Oh players, and you know those are like the golden, the golden era. Um, ah, there's so many. I could go on a lot. I, I'm, I'm not gonna talk too much more, but like I remember, like my, when my brother got one of like I think it was a bootleg, but he got like an Obelisk of the Tormentor card, and this is like back before the English, you know, community knew what God cards were, and it was like this mythical thing. He's like, oh, he, he has one of the gods, one of the Egyptian gods, and all like... <laughs> Doesn't even say what it does on it, right? Because it, yeah, it, it's it's the one that's just all blue. Um, yeah, it's, it's like that one. It might have been a promo. Um, it was in Japanese. Um, yeah, I think
2: they were they were included in. I don't remember what the name of the games were, but I'm pretty sure they were Game Boy Advance games. It, it um, could
0: be. So my brother and I did have multiple Game Boy Advance games, and the ones that we had came. Uh, it came with Sinister Serpent. Harpy's Feather Duster, and then another card that I think sucked. Um, but I played with Sinister Serpent and Harpy's Feather Duster because that's like Sinister Serpent's like my favorite card. I love that card. Oh yeah. Um,
2: also another busted card that they oh, had to oh, so good. they had to errata to not be as good as it is.
0: Oh, it's so good. You just like pitch it to anything and it just comes right back. You can use the block. Ah, yeah. oh, I love that card. That got so much use. <laughs> I, I that put, put that card like. Probably one of my most played cards, like, uh, in any game. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, he had, these, like, the blue obelisk Egyptian god card. Um, and these are, like, these stories that I remember. Like, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, they're probably getting, They might have been given out, like, in Japanese versions of the game. So, like, the card was in Japanese. And it had the Japanese yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh th- card back and as opposed to the U.S. one. I think and,
2: that's the... Uh, I think that's basically how those were set up, is... Uh, like they were promos and there was specifically because um, like in the english versions of the same games i think instead of the god cards you
0: got like alpha beta and gamma the magna warrior or the magnet warrior yes so um, we also had those ones too so yeah you, you got alpha beta gamma and then Valkyrion, the the magna War, which is like the big one that they all form into um yeah good luck doing that that it sounds cool, but there's no way in hell you're going to do that. Oh, yeah. It,
2: it, was, uh, it was Contact Fusion before Contact Fusion was actually a thing, so you actually had to like just have them all out somehow by normal summoning them. Like, and, it was awkward.
0: And you needed and, and Valkyrion wasn't like an extra deck card. Like they, yeah, you needed to be in your hand. It's basically <laughs> like you, ne- you needed four cards, and if you just need four cards, you should just be playing Exodia and get that one extra card and then just win. Just win yeah. on the spot anyway (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, Um, I think
2: we could we could go on for for a long time but yeah yeah. there's (laughs) uh, it was definitely something this you know topic in general even though it doesn't have to do with flesh and blood I think you're absolutely right in that like just such a formative experience and sometimes I don't know uh, at least for me it's not like that I've forgotten it but you know it did have a really big impact on my life in general so yeah I think it's it's good to just be able to you know to reminisce about that sometimes so
1: yeah, yeah. for me it for okay. me it was just one of those it was just one of those games that we all played together i mean i don't really i didn't really make any cohesive decks i mean i think the deck that i used to that i made that i remember back from, back from then was based on toon world was it the, I mean, oh yeah you, you, oh yeah you, you you played the toon world and then you could play all the toon characters the, instead
0: the tunes were a pain in the pain in the butt because they could attack directly <laughs> yeah
1: mm. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, re- I remember I remember playing that, and um, yeah, it's just one of those games that we all played back then. And it was, yeah, it's just a bit of a just th- it just throws you back, doesn't it? Back, you know, when you hear this news, it throws you back to when you were playing it back then, and it is a, a, quite a nostalgic thing. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's just good to talk about, you know, one of the pioneers of the TCG industry, like uh, Yu Gi Oh has been a staple ever since it existed. So absolutely. um, Yeah. You got to give respect where respect is deserved. And I think it's very, very, very well deserved. Um, Yeah. um, But yeah, any other, any other uh, things you guys want to say before we cap off this episode today? Yeah, that's pretty Uh,
2: much it. We've we've done some good stuff. that's, That's hit on basically everything that I was wanting to talk about. So yeah. yeah, but but uh, I do also just want to shout out again, uh, like Cal said, if you guys have any Yu-Gi-Oh stories, um, if you guys have any stories about the uh, translation errors or anything, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let it let us know. Uh, we're, you know, I think that this is a conversation that a lot of people could have uh, for a long time. Uh, yeah, there's just yeah. lots to say about both.
0: So, then- uh, yeah, feel free to chime in. Also, all the speculation too on the emperor, yeah. all the classes and heroes and all that kind of stuff. So, who uh, is
1: the emperor? Yeah. yeah. Who is the emperor? Who um, is going to have the correct sort of speculation? Leave a comment in the section yeah. below. <laughs> yeah, Are yeah. we right? Are we wrong? Do we look like fools in a couple of months' time? It's all to come, um, people. Yeah, we'll, we'll find we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Um,
0: yeah. But uh, yeah, th- thank you all for watching, by the way. Um, and uh, you know, as always. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. The podcast has uh, been doing pretty well. It was great to you know, hear people like chime in about it on the stream that we did, being like, oh, I love the podcast. And that, uh, yeah. to me, tells me that uh, we're doing some good stuff here. So uh, it's greatly appreciated yeah. that y'all are here to listen to this and, and to watch it and stuff. Um, Definitely. Um, where can the audience find y'all on the socials and on the YouTubes? Let's start with as this time.
1: Sure, yeah, so I'm Az uh, from the United Kingdom and uh, I do various content. Obviously, you'll come to see some of the stuff that I mentioned earlier on my channel. That is Go Again Gaming. Uh, still very, very small in comparison to a lot of the people that are out there, but I'd appreciate if you uh, navigated over today as a result of listening to my British voice on this video and <laughs> give me a little subscribe. Thank you. Uh, and you can find me on Go Again Gaming AZ on uh, Twitter as well, where I post all sorts of nonsense um, uh, from time to time. So, yeah, please go and have a look
2: absolutely uh i am bill from the spike feeders uh you can find me on twitter at uh bill tsf i tweet uh infrequently and when i do tweet it's about random stuff um
1: it's i have very a... profound <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean r- my most recent tweet was me uh complaining about the new doctor strange movie um which... we spoke <laughs> about that last
1: week didn't we in, in passing a little bit
2: i think so yeah, yeah. um but yeah, anyway, so uh yeah, feel free to follow me on there. Uh you can also find uh I do live gameplay videos on uh Spike Feeder's Fab, which is our YouTube channel. Uh and yeah, that's just about where you can find me.
0: Nice. nice. Uh and then I'm Kel, also known as uh Red Zone Rogue on YouTube, uh Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm mostly active on obviously uh YouTube and Twitter. Um, I most recently posted about, uh, retweeted a quote from Anthony Bourdain, who is someone that I very much, um, used to look up to and I I still look up to him. Um, and, uh, then I also posted a meme about, uh, it was a (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh meme about, uh, I'm just going to read it it, because it's so good. It just says, Shadow Realm, I'm sending you to the round one loser's bracket to play against the friend you carpooled with for four hours. Um, (laughs) I love, I love that meme because that is so... So true. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank y'all for uh, thank y'all for uh, listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on another episode of the Living Legends Podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks well. everybody. Thank you very much.